Two quick things before we uh, have a word or two about our passage today, and that is one, this, uh, just to remind you that as we come to the table, this is not um, our table. This is not a United Methodist table. This is Lord's table. We're in a United Methodist church, and we have traditions here, but everyone is invited to the table. You don't have to be a member of this church or any church, and if you're at home and you have a little something you could sip on and a little piece of bread or something you could nibble on, we invite you to have Holy Communion with us as well. Um, there will be stations here and here for you to come to to receive a, a piece of bread and a cup of juice. There is also gluten-free bread right here if you need that, or you may come to the table. It's up to you. However God leads you, just come down the outer aisles and uh, go back on the center aisle. Don't push, don't shove. Remember everything you heard in kindergarten, and everything's going to work out just fine. The other thing is, we've been talking for weeks now about uh, this church conference that's going to happen on June 18th, and we have tried every way in the world we can think of to get all that information out. But because we are Methodists, we do things the way Methodists do, and according to the Book of Discipline, it should be announced at least 10 days prior to the conference in the principal worship services. And so, to make sure we're doing everything by the letter and spirit of the law, I, I want to remind you that there will be a church conference in the, in the worship center at 10 o'clock <clears throat> on June 18th. Uh, anyone can come to the conference. Uh, only church members will be allowed to vote, but we will vote on whether or not to move forward with the building program. I urge you to go to concordunited.org slash new building. If you don't think uh, you have all the information you need, there are links there you can click to read documents and to see drawings and renderings and also to see a video of the informational meeting we had. Um, so I invite you to make sure that you have all the information. If all else fails, give us a call or an email and say, hey, I have a question about this. We want you to have all the information. So I wanted to be sure that we do this uh, in, in the way that we're supposed to do it. So, so we will... Uh, we'll Leave that behind us and move forward. I want to mention uh, something that uh, happened in my life that was one of the most, uh, actually it happened twice, certainly two of the most um, transformational moments. I don't remember the exact date. I know it was probably early in the second week of October uh, in 1984. <clears throat> but I remember the exact moment I was on the radio, I was on the air, I was on U102 back in those days, it's now Star 102.1, and in, when you're on the air, there's a big, we had a traffic light in the control room, and when the red light flashed, that meant the hotline was ringing, and we had a hotline so that the program director or the general manager or an, another DJ could call if there happened to be official business, because it's impossible to call a radio station, people are constantly calling, requesting songs, it's a line, or for contests, it's always busy, but that where you could always get through on that hotline. All of our significant others also had the hotline number. And on that particular day, I was working uh, in the afternoons at that time, three to seven, and the hotline uh, flashed. And I thought, okay, I've either said something I shouldn't have said, played a record that I shouldn't have played, uh, because Big Brother's always listening. Uh, and, and I picked up the phone, and it was Lynn. And I knew that Lynn, earlier in the day, uh, had a, an appointment with her doctor because we suspected that she might be great with child. And I'll never forget answering the phone, hello, and all she said to me was, hi, daddy. 
and my knees buckled, and my heart absolutely melted. And, it, and I had this feeling I'd never experienced before in my life, but have experienced over and over and over again in the ensuing years. We didn't know if it were, would be a boy or a girl. We had no idea. We had some names picked out. We, did, we, we didn't know. But I knew this, that I had experienced love for this child unlike any love that I have ever experienced in my life. And I would say that in front of Lynn, and she would say the same thing to me. I love Lynn desperately, always have and I always will, but it's different. This is the child that through the miracle of birth that God gave us as this gift, that we were going to have a baby. And I developed this immediate love for her that I had never experienced before. Lauren would find that love in the first moments of her life, and as she grew, she would grow to understand that love. And hopefully the love would form her and shape her, and she would grow strong and secure in that love. But at that moment, she knew nothing about it, and yet the love was there. And with that, I began this new sermon series we're launching into that I'm really excited about getting to be a part of, at least part of it, called Surprised by God. God surprises us at every corner if we're willing to open our eyes and open our hearts and look and see and know how good he is. And today we're going to talk about how God surprises us with love. And we've heard it over and over again that God loved us first. But today we're going to look at the scripture that actually says that and talk about it for just a minute before we come to this table. Because this is the greatest expression of that love, in my opinion, or it represents certainly the greatest expression of God's love. So we're going to pour into that a bit. So the first thing I want to do is... Um, read a passage for you, and it's uh, 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 12, and then we'll add verse 16 and verse 19 to that so that we can keep really tightly focused on this idea of God's love. Um, and, and this is so crucial. I have said this over and over, and I unapologetically say it again, and that is that the single most important thing that any human being can learn in his or her lifetime is that God loves them. There is nothing we can learn more important than that because understanding that God loves us in spite of who we've been or where we've been or what we've done or what we've said or how many times we've turned our back on God or how many times we've, we've just said, I'm not interested, I'm going to do this my own way. No, it doesn't matter. Through all of that, God loves us. And if we can ever latch onto that one reality, then it starts changing our life, our attitudes, our actions, our thoughts, our speech. So with that in mind, I want to read, from, read this passage for you as John writes this letter to the church. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, 
but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us, we also ought to love one another. Hallelujah. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. We love because he first loved us. Let's pray for a moment. Almighty God, this is indeed the best news in the universe. And so we thank you, O God, for your written word that always reveals to us, in fact, your living word, Jesus the Christ, who is the bringer of this incredible love. Help us, O God, to see in this moment the truth of that love and the, and the reality that it can change our lives forever on an ongoing basis. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, I thought, you know, to, to work through this before we come to the table, we'd get all Wesleyan and Methodisty for a minute because it's always a good idea to do that. John Wesley had this great, in fact, I think it's, I think it's the greatest interpretation of God's love that, that I've ever certainly ever read or tried to understand. And he, it's the way he understands grace. And, it, and remember that all this grace that we talk about, the amazing grace, how sweet the sound, uh, grace, grace marvelous grace, this grace we sing about. Grace flows out of that love. The love, the love was the wellspring of that grace, and grace is the way that love impacts us in very specific ways. And John Wesley had this beautiful way of talking about grace, and he talked about provenient grace, which is the grace that comes before, the grace that's always going out before us and before God. Uh, justifying grace, which is the grace that sort of erases our slate whenever we determine that we believe in Christ and we are going to accept him as our Savior. That's the grace that's, as, as I've said many times also, justifying grace comes from a Greek word, that, a secular Greek word that was used in the print world. Print, print uh, if you have justification on your computer, and you do if you have Word, uh, Microsoft Word, or you justify by lining up either left or right or both. Most of us left justify. It means put in right alignment. And justifying grace is the grace that puts us in a right alignment with God. And then sanctifying grace is simply, it's simply the grace, the way we understand God's love, that will meet us exactly where we are with all of our baggage and all of our stuff, but will not leave us that way if we will work with that grace to, as John Wesley would say, and as, as uh, and at annual conference uh, during the ordination service this week, they will be asked, are you going on to perfection in this life? And perfection, you think of that word as completeness. And that's what sanctification is. It's us moving toward becoming complete in Christ Jesus. So let's talk about that for a minute, the way it reflects on God's love and the way we try to understand that for a minute. Provenient grace, that's the grace that goes before, or if you will, the grace that comes first. Um, before we know anything about God's love, before we know enough to even think about accepting it, God's provenient grace, that love that comes first, is already impacting us. The love that Lynn had for Lauren and then also for Christy, and I would say that's certainly true for both of our daughters, the love that she had for them before they were, 
were anything more than, than those gathering, first gathering of cells. She took care of herself. She did everything she could, and that impacted their life after they were born. She tried to eat the right things and get enough sleep and get exercise and get proper prenatal care and do all the things that she needed to do before Lauren ever knew anything about it. And that provenient grace is like that. Hopefully, hopefully, all children are born into that loving relationship, but we know that's not the case. We know, and, and having a daughter uh, that works in the NICU at UT Hospital where uh, little babies come in that are drug addicted and they have to try to wean them off of it, uh, we, we know that, that not every baby is born into the world, into a loving, nurturing in, uh, environment. But we know this, every single human being who is born again is born again into this perfect environment where this love that came first will impact them in a way they never imagined before it ever happens. Imagine how, if you think about how much we, we love a child, when, when I think about how much we love Lauren and Christy before we ever knew they were Lauren or Christy, we didn't know if they were going to be boys or girls, it didn't matter. There was a baby coming. A life had been created, and there was a love there. Imagine how the one who created us that we could experience that, imagine how God experiences it. Imagine how back before, whenever the beginning was, whenever God first conceived of you, and he knew about you a long time ago, before the foundations of the earth, he knew about you and who you were going to be. You were on his mind and in his heart. Imagine how he felt about you. And you know what? All that love in the universe proceeds from the heart of God. And he wants us to feel that and know it and hear it so that it can impact our life. Love is God's heartbeat in the world. A heartbeat is what takes all those nutrients and all those things that our body needs and gets it everywhere it's supposed to go when everything is working properly in just the right proportions so that we are nurtured and sustained. And that's what God's love does in the world. His heartbeat sends that love out into you and me and into all places in the universe to do what only God's love can do. And it draws us toward him even before we know anything about it. I, I, uh, I saw an article uh, in, uh, about, it was about Columbia Records, and, and I had a friend when I was back in the radio business. His name was Mike Martucci, and he was the, the director of uh, promotion for adult contemporary radio. And once Lynn and I were in New York, and we went out to dinner with uh, Mike and one of his uh, assistants at a really, really nice Italian restaurant in New York, and Mike was notorious for being able to play the spoons. And that's what prompted this. So we were there. We'd had, I mean, it's a very fancy Italian restaurant. But there was a couple there, and they had a little boy. And the little boy kept looking over at us. And Mike loved kids. He had two of his own. They were grown. And so Mike said, watch this. And Mike takes two spoons off the table. And he starts playing the spoons very rhythmically. And the little boy noticed, and he kept looking. And I, and I looked at Mike and smiled, and he said, just wait. And so Mike, he didn't know these people. He's just playing the spoons. And this little guy got up from his seat at the table, 
and started walking over toward Mike. And in just a minute, he was standing there with his mouth just hanging open, watching Mike play the spoons. And when Mike finished, the little guy gave him a hug. And it was, and the whole restaurant stopped for this. It was so beautiful because the rhythm that Mike played on those spoons was absolutely irresistible to the little guy. And he came in and he came over to him and, and gave Mike a hug. Now, our Wesleyan theology tells us that God's prevenient grace, his heartbeat, this rhythm that draws us toward him is resistible. We can say no because God created us in freedom and we believe that as Methodists, that we are free to accept or free to reject. But this prevenient grace, this heartbeat of God in the world beats a rhythm that resonates with us. And we can put it, away, we can put it aside and go, no, no, I don't think so but it's hard. That's why everyone is drawn toward God at one time or another. It doesn't matter if we understand it or not. We're drawn toward that because that heartbeat, that, that heartbeat of love resonates inside us at some level. Prevenient grace is that love that comes before us. As the, as the scripture says, God loved us. He's uh, whoever... Um, this is love, not that we loved God, but that God loved us. And see, that's why, that's why he gets past, that's why it gets past our past. Because he, he made his, up his mind to love us before we ever had a chance to mess up. And Lauren and Christy aren't perfect. Uh, they've made mistakes. We've all made mistakes. But our love for them has never wavered because that love was, to quote Stevie Wonder's, Signed, sealed, and delivered before they were ever delivered. We love them. God's love for you and for me is a done deal. We can't change his mind. So let's talk about what comes next. God's justifying grace. The grace that, that wipes our slate clean and changes our relationship with God. And we go back to this. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. This is how God showed his love among us. Quote the wrong verse. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. Whenever God looks at us when we are in Christ Jesus, he doesn't see all that stuff. Even the stuff from last night or the stuff from earlier this morning. He sees his son, standing with us. And he loves us. And we are justified, put in a right alignment. Nothing we can do to earn that. He just does it because of that love that goes before. That heartbeat. Once we, once we allow that heartbeat to then become ours, then we are justified. I mean, Jesus came so that we could at least get a glimpse of what that, we can't, we can't imagine what God's love is like, the depth, the width. But Jesus came so that we could see it in real time in flesh and blood and find some understanding of what it is. Think of the ocean. You know, God knows every drop of water in every ocean. He knows how deep all the trenches are. He knows every creature that lives above and on, uh, below and on top of that water and 
He knows every grain of sand on all the beaches that the waves wash over. He knows all of that. Now, for us, when we go to the ocean, we can stand there and look at that, that little bit of it. If we go to the Atlantic Beach and we go to Myrtle Beach, for instance, we can see, you know, that little part of the beach and we can get a glimpse. We can get some ideas. We look out at the horizon and see nothing but water. And we can even wade a little bit and let it come and wash over our feet. Or we can even get on a boogie board and, and go out and ride a wave back into the shore. We can participate in the love, even though we have no conception of how big it really is. Yeah, we can look at it on a map and gain some idea, but we can't comprehend that. But we can still participate in it. And that's what Jesus came to show us. That's, that's that justifying love where we start to participate in it. And that heartbeat starts to beat stronger inside of us. The heartbeat of God that is love in the world. God's love is not an abstract principle. It is anchored, defined, and revealed in the giving of his Son. We can see, actually, a glimpse of the totality of that love in Christ's sacrifice for you and me. Hallelujah. And then there's sanctifying grace. And sanctifying grace is simply that grace that refuses to let us stay the way we are. It's when we, act, when we agree then to, to not resist anymore and allow ourselves to be drawn toward God through that provenient grace. And suddenly we begin to participate in it by pledging faith in Jesus Christ and inviting him into our life to start making changes. Then we are justified with God, put in right alignment. And then the sanctification begins, and it's simply us operating in cooperation with the Holy Spirit to let him make us less like our old self and more like Jesus. Put in a nutshell, that's what sanctification is. It simply means set aside, just a church word that means set aside. But we understand that in setting us aside, he is shaping us and forming us to live our lives more like Jesus. And when we love, which we're called to do, we are called to respond with our own love. When we love as God loves, we provide an echo of that original heartbeat that produced the rhythm in our life and the echo that then comes through our life that others see and feel can bring them to new life through the God who creates the echo, the heartbeat. I read this story. It's been two or three years ago, but it came to mind this week, and I, and I wanted to share it again. I don't know that I have. Matt Heisler, 21-year-old at the University of North Dakota, a great young man by all estimations, big heart, and he was involved in a tragic house fire. And he died. Because of his big heart, though, he had filled out an organ donor card. And when he died, it's estimated that 60 people were impacted by his organs. 
right down to bits of tissue from this organ and that organ. Sixty people were impacted by his life after his death. But most profoundly, there was Tom Meeks. Tom Meeks lived in Washington State, and he needed a new heart. His heart was about to quit. He was a grandpa, not old, but older. He was in his 70s. He had some comorbidities, and most of the places he'd gone to for a heart transplant had turned him down. But he sent information. One of his doctors sent information to the Mayo Clinic, and they said, you know what? No, we, we think that, that we can get a handle on all these things, and we think that, that he is a candidate for a heart. And so it was determined that he was, and he got Matt Heisler's heart, and it was transplanted in him. Well, he had to stay. It was dicey, and he had to stay at the Mayo Clinic for a long time, or live in, in Rochester, Minnesota, nearby, so that he could go there a lot. But after eight months, he was healthy, and he reached out to Matt's sister. I think her name was... Cheryl, uh, Casey, and his mom and dad, Cheryl and Jared, reached out to them to thank them. And they wanted to come and see him. And so they did. They traveled to Rochester to see this man in whom their brother, son's heart was beating. And he surprised them. And there was a doctor there with a stethoscope. And actually, there's a picture this is, uh, this is Casey, the sister, listening to her brother's heart beating in Tom Meeks. That heartbeat he shared changed somebody's life. This is what God does in Christ Jesus. He loved us first, loved us so much that he gave his son so that his heartbeat could be transplanted in you and in me. This is the depth of love. God's heartbeat implanted in us marks the first day of the rest of our new life. And I think it can happen every day. I think every day we recognize that God's love came first and God's love completes us. Every day we do that, it's the first day of the rest of our lives. And then we begin to let that heartbeat echo in our lives. And we may not have a chance to do anything as profoundly generous as give our body away to somebody else. Maybe many of you have signed donor cards. Maybe it won't be quite that dramatic. But you know what? You can do it with a handshake, a smile, a hug, a phone call, a text, a lunch, a coffee. I don't know. Lots of ways to share that echo with someone else so that they may catch that rhythm and that they may be drawn toward God through us. That's how this works. It's all God. We just respond to this love by loving others. And in that way, we love him back. And it creates this feedback loop. And our heartbeat, his heartbeat in us gets stronger. And then the echo of that heartbeat gets stronger so that others may hear and see. When we come to this table, 
I pray that we will all take this opportunity to let our hearts get back in rhythm. You know, over across the way in the contemporary worship, our drummer plays to a click track. Our drummer has a click in his ear, click with the tempo of the song that we want to play. Click, click, click. And that tempo is what keeps everybody together, no matter what they're playing or singing. And we all stay on the exact same tempo, and we can play the music much more beautifully if we're together like that. That's God's heartbeat beating in us, synced up. And we make beautiful music with God that others will hear, and it will change them too. Let us pray. Almighty God, we thank you for your love that came first, for your love that changes us now and forever. God, meet us in this table, we pray, so that our heartbeats may become strong for you, echoes of your love in the world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Concord United Methodist Church. This podcast is a ministry of Concord United, and we would love to hear from you. To contact us, please send an email to podcasts at concordunited.org with sermons in the subject line. For more information about Concord United, including worship times, service opportunities, mission efforts, and classes, please visit our website at concordunited.org. We also invite you to download and enjoy our daily devotional podcasts presented by the pastors and members of Concord United. Finally, we would appreciate it if you would leave a rating and a review of this podcast so that others can discover it and benefit from it.